Hi, welcome to this season. Um, we're talking about strategies to help prosper in uh, an inflationary time. And, you know, given that this is pretty remarkable, we haven't had this type of inflation rate in decades, uh, we were wondering how it's impacting different companies. So we're going to go deeper in and and talk through it and, and hopefully give you a couple of ideas for your company. I'm Mary Abazia, Tom Spitali, Sean Wellham. We're really uh, looking forward to, to talking with you about this. So, um, Tom, I'm going to open this up to you now. What do you, what do you think? Well, when we talked last week about inflation, we did say that in inflationary times, it's actually a somewhat you know, good time for businesses to raise prices. But we want to talk a little bit about a cautionary tale around raising prices and, and talk about some of the factors that you have to consider because you can't just say, well, inflation, I'm going to you know, boost my price. Cautionary tale being Netflix, who raised their subscription pricing. What, what did they raise it to, uh, guys? I, I, I'm a member. <laughs> Was it something like $15? I don't know exactly. Yeah, raised it a couple, couple bucks. And lost, uh, I think the number was fifty-four billion in market cap. And Sean, you said how many subscribers was it that they lost? Was... I think I read it was six hundred thousand, but that may also be caught up with them pulling out of Russia. But I know it was a, it was a, a huge number. They originally told the street they would be adding that it would be tough, and they'd be adding no more than two million subscribers. And the, and they actually reported losing subscribers from the article that I read. So. Yeah, strong, strong headwind for sure. Yeah, and we've seen, you know, similar subscription service, not necessarily entertainment, but like Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime raising their prices seemingly, you know, pretty uh, successfully and others that have been able to do it. So why, why didn't Netflix get away with it? What happened with Netflix? I know I have some of my theories, but anybody want to proffer why they think Netflix got burned? Yeah, well, I think part of it is the, uh, the, the I think they were already in a headwind because they they pretty much own streaming. They pioneered it in many ways and they invested that huge revenue stream into original production because content is king in the streaming world. And I think that the fact that it was a, a, a new, sustainable and profitable business model attracted competition and not just competition from eager startups, but people that recognize that content was king. So people like Disney could say, we've got a ton of content. You know, we've got the Star Wars franchise. We've got the princesses. You know, we could, we could put a, um, put a, a fence around that and we have the content and the technology is relatively easy to access. So I think the, the, the issue is, is, is not just the making a mistake, I think they probably had a reasonable price increase given the inflationary environment. I think it just highlighted to people that said, hang on a minute, if I'm going to pay this much, I think they're one of the most expensive streaming services currently. It's going to encourage people to look around. So I think it was uh, the competition that was already there was suddenly given a, a lease of life because people <laughs> were incentivized to go check them out. So they were already in a, in a, a more competitive environment, I, I guess, is the, the to me the fundamental cause of their problem. Yeah, I think that there's a couple of things. We had worked with NBC when they were, you know, they were actually doing well, 
And um, their market research, a lot of times just was, was intended to reinforce what senior leaders were thinking. And that is a trap that a lot of times companies get into. So even the content that they're developing, and my husband and I tried to find something on Netflix the other night that was at least something we'd enjoy. And it was, and it wasn't. So, you know, even though they're generating a lot of content, they may have kind of run their course or they aren't close enough to their viewers to keep it um, interesting. Cause you can't raise price if people don't see the value and people are saying, yeah, I'm not really finding much on Netflix that I like, you know, other than the one, you know, sometimes there's one or hot, one or two hot programs for a little while. But you're absolutely right, Sean. There's so many other places that you can get good content now is, are they reframing it the right way? So- Mary, you're, yeah. I, I'm, I'm offended because I just got done watching Ozark this weekend, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant and I, I, I loved it. But no, I, I, I think you're right. And I think Netflix is somewhat a, a victim of, of, of their, you know, the world that they created. I mean, Netflix is almost Kleenex-like you know, in terms of when you think of streaming, you know, uh, they, I don't know if they are the original, but in my mind, they, they were the original. And so, you know, when you create a category that is so successful, a lot of competition comes in and, and clearly you've got Hulu, you've got Amazon, you've got Tubi, even YouTube. I mean, you've got so many competitors here and a lot of them are doing the original content thing and a lot of them are doing very very well it's almost like an embarrassment of riches for for all of us as we sit in our recliners or on our couches um, mary i'm sure when you didn't find anything on netflix you probably went to one of your other streaming services and did find um something that you liked so i think in one way they're they're, they're a victim of all the competition that's been created around them because of their success. The other thing that I think maybe happened is they were so successful and, and, and drove you know, their subscriptions so deep into you know, the different economic layers of our country you know, that people that maybe um, for, for whom that price increase, it hurt. You know, it, and they had to make some choices, you know, where a lot of people were, you know, able to say, oh, you know, there's another price increase, but, you know, it's Netflix, so I'm going to do it. Not everybody that they had reached with their reasonably priced subscription models were able to afford that, that price increase. And so that's, that's, that's also, you know, what, what I think happened to Netflix. Just wonder... What does that mean for our audience? You know, how does I just that want to say, yeah, I'm thinking about there's also a timing issue is, mm -hmm. you know, raise your price when people are on their couches. But, you know, we're heading into the, the summer and the spring. And that's what um, some of the other companies also found is, is that um, people were getting up and going out. Peloton, as an example, is, you know, they had this great base of customers when everyone was stuck at home, but when they started going back out, out to the gyms, out to socialize, you know, the competition is more than just other streaming services. It's, yeah. it's all the other entertainment that's opening up. And if you raise your prices at a bad time when people are going, yeah, but I could go do other things, it, um, it doesn't help them at all. So yeah. I think, yeah. do you remember I, I wrote an article 
it was originally called the second mouse gets the cheese tom i don't know if you re-edited the title uh you you, you often <laughs> sharpen my titles but do you remember the article that, that i'm referring to thank thanks for being kind to say sharpen uh the title sean but yes butchered. I, butchered I absolutely remember that one yes but that that had a point that that often in any new market the pioneers don't ultimately take the lion's share of the spoils it's the second the fast followers the people that figure out the market deconstruct what it takes to win in that market have an assessment of their own critical capabilities and, and create a, 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 a an offer a better offer built around this pioneering thing so it's not maybe surprising that netflix as the pioneers are struggling and others have come into it and it's it's not without precedent because reed hastings who's the the, the boss of netflix the founder he made the point of, of saying that with the likes of alphabet and meta and amazon there's so much money available and platforms and technology to chase this kind of market he made the point that there was not a long-term profitable future or something like that. He said that the, 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 the future is not as bright as it seems because there's all this potential competition that will come running in to the gap. So they, they sort of knew as well. So I, I think when the history books are written, it'll, it'll probably follow a fairly common trajectory of, of, uh, of any new market, you know, pioneers, massive competition, shakeout, stability. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point. But how do you stay ahead of it? How do you, how do you keep re-pioneering new things so that you don't, you know, Amazon's a good example. They were the pioneers and they keep re, they create new categories. And we had a whole podcast on creating new categories. They, they seem to have mastered that. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I also believe that one of the things that we coach our clients on the, 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 the PVA, the perceived value analysis is just an amazingly valuable tool in a situation where you're not sure whether a, a, a price increase is going to work or not. Because I think if Netflix kind of would have looked at that and realized, you know, the first part of this perceived value analysis is you, you say, what's our, what is our, the perceived amount of value divorced from pricing for a minute? What's the amount of perceived value that we're delivering right now, right? And they, they you know, I'm sure they understand this, but I think they may have understood even better how close the, the differences in perceived value is between them and the other streaming services, right? I mean, maybe they would have been surprised to learn that, that people value, you know, Hulu and Tubi and, and, um, and, and Amazon, the Amazon Prime services, maybe a little bit closer to Netflix, maybe they're all on top of each other, right? And then when you add in that perceived value um, analysis, the axis that talks about price and where everybody is on pricing, you know, maybe they would have realized that the demand is not as elastic for Netflix. Am I using that term correctly, Mary? Uh, elastic uh, as they would have thought it is. And, and, and they could have maybe modeled that out and had a sense that maybe this was going to happen and maybe they would have went lighter. Maybe they would have waited. Mary, maybe they would have spent a little bit uh, of waited to, to a, a better time of the year, what have you, to, to, to do it. But, or maybe just accepted that where they were in the reality of the competitive marketplace, 
And despite the pressure they will get from stockholders, there isn't a price increase to be had. And what they must take is a margin reduction to maintain viability, potentially. I mean, that's the other thing. Mm. One other thing occurred to me, this all comes down to any, any of our client businesses. Obviously, they're not all in the very unique position of, of a Netflix, but the same issue applies, which is understanding your, your customer's willingness to pay. Not what they currently pay. What are they willing to pay for that? And how does that differentiate between segments, uh, between amount of usage, and between the format? So they have rich data sets on what people are watching. They know, Mary, what you've been watching on Netflix. They know for how long, how frequently, when you turn something off halfway through, the cycle time between episodes, how quickly you consume. They know everything. And they know some of your demographic information. So they have a superb data set where they should be able to segment in a very targeted way, understand their customers in clusters and, and understand the willingness to pay for those smaller customers. And then you can offer premium or maybe even discount. They're toying with the idea of having a, a lower tier subscription, which has less content, maybe toying with ads, bringing some ads in as well as the subscription to sort of supplement the two. But that there's a richness to understanding your customer's willingness to pay at the level that the data allows you to go, sort of micro segments. And with that, you have a, a much more nuanced approach than potentially the, the big bang of saying prices are up 10%, like it or leave, which turns out to be a pretty uh, expensive way to do it. Yeah, I always, I like what you're saying. I it, it reminds me of the Starbucks offer kind of, you know, you have the, the tall whatever inventi, you know, it's, it's in any type of a, a, a selling situation, having a tiered offer allows exactly that, Sean, is, is to allow segments to kind of self-select in at a level that they're comfortable with. Um, I also think that they were struggling with the fact that everyone was giving out their passwords. And so they were um, trying to crack down on that. So maybe have a family plan, you know, this, on this family plan, you get five five users and they use their technology to track that a bit more. I know there's companies that do that, but in their case, they knew they were losing a lot because of that sharing going on. They could yeah. have or turned that around a bit. It. Allow you to give, say, rather than give five people your password, maybe a perk is that you can give five people for, for just $10 a month or $5 yeah. a month. At least they're capturing some revenue from what was previously a, um, a, a, a leak of revenue because the other thing is that idea that you could have one account and then you know your kids at college could use it or your friend across town or whatever mm -hmm. that's part of the value whether they like it or not right that's part of the value of netflix oh i can watch this on five devices i can give one to my sister or what have you it's still part of the value now to try and claw that back or shut that door only has the effect of reducing the value. To your point, Tom, on the PVA, the value offered moves down and therefore the price yeah. you can charge starts to be less compared to the competition. So you always have to be careful about what value do your customers really perceive from your product, whether it wasn't intended, or whether it comes at a cost to you. If it's baked into their value decision, then you have to take it into account with your pricing. Yeah, very well put. Um, we're going to close this one off and uh, we would love, we, we often get people commenting on, on our comments and 
especially with something like Netflix, where so many of, of us all have that. So we would love to have any comments you have regarding uh, um, how inflation may be hitting Netflix or other things that you have involved. And uh, thank you again. We look forward to having you on our next podcast. Thank you.